All right, back with you. We're waiting, and I think that's him right now, for uh, Congressman Hill to give us a call. We'll have a half hour with him from Washington, D.C. Uh, we'll talk about uh, impeachment with him. We can talk to him at USMCA with him. We can talk about the China trade legislation that was signed this week. There's a lot of good things that are happening. I know that uh, the you know mainstream media, CNN, MSN, uh, and others are spending their time showing you the ridiculousness of uh, uh, of impeachment, the solemn moments going on with uh, Nancy Pelosi handing out commemorative pins, watching the managers walk from the House to the Senate, and the only thing that is missing is the uh, coffin of the Democratic Party that they're carrying. So uh, let's say good good afternoon to uh, the congressman. Congressman Hill is with us. And, Congressman, how you doing today? Dave, I'm doing great. I just was sitting here chuckling on the uh, where is the horse with the saddle and stirrups. No kidding, man. <laughs> I watched them walking, oh, and I, I looked at my wife, and I said, all that's missing is, is a coffin, and they don't realize it's a coffin for the Democrat Party. It's been something to watch is all I can say. I'm, uh, I hope Americans that think this is going to be dispatched in a short period of time before the February 4th or whatever the date of the State of the Union is. Uh, it's Tuesday the 4th. Yeah. Right. I, Two weeks. I'm not, I'm not that optimistic, you know, so I hope that's the case, but I think – need to settle in and be prepared for a longer Senate process. But we could be lucky. I think President Clinton was right at four weeks. It just depends on what happens. So are you amazed at how the Democrats, all of a sudden it's like all this new stuff comes out and they just throw it up against the wall to see what's going to stick? I mean, the guy, this guy, Parna, whatever his name is, I mean, he's looking at Huge jail time. People surely can understand the guy's trying to talk himself into a reduced sentence. Well, I have to tell you, I mean, I just, uh, this has been such a soap opera the whole time. Uh, it it did cross my mind that Speaker Pelosi held uh, the articles purposefully, knowing that this guy was going to have press interviews this week and the GAO is going to get in a debate with OMB on impoundment of funds related to the Ukraine military assistance. It's conceivable so that she opens up, you know, a new front propaganda public relations war as the Senate takes up their work. That crossed my mind. Of course, no one knows that's to be factual or not. Is it amazed you that the Democrats in the House have disparaged the Senate the way they have, basically saying, if you don't do this or you don't do that, this is nothing more than you're un-American, you're traitors, and this is a cover-up. Yeah, that's unattractive. I mean, we tried to, uh, it used to be, in the 100 years ago, you couldn't do that. Uh, you weren't able to comment on the other body. Uh, in the legislative branch, uh, that's changed over the years, and the rules have changed. But uh, the House has their process, 
has has their rules, and the Senate has their process and their rules, and that's just the way it is. And mm-hmm. the House has no power over the Senate and vice versa. So that's out of ignorance and spite of just politics on the part of House members that do that. But I don't believe that the strategy was well known as to why Nancy Pelosi did what she did uh, in the face of the absolute uh, global and United States emergency back in December when she crammed through a bad process, didn't use uh, the courts, and just rushed this whole impeachment thing before Christmas. And I say it wasn't known because um, I think Steny Hoyer is a straight shooter who's the majority leader in the House, and he was asked by the national media last week, what is the strategy here? Why has Nancy Pelosi delayed these articles? And he goes, I I don't have a, I don't know. You'll have to ask her. Mm -hmm. uh, He wasn't carrying any party line on that issue. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been very disappointing to say the least. It's been disheartening to be really honest about it. I'm so grateful to Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley of Iowa for coordinating and effectively getting the USMCA, the United States Mexico Canada trade deal, through the Senate six committee review process yep. and a vote before these this uh, impeachment uh, process ties up the Senate for potentially a month. They won't do anything else based on the rules of the Senate. We are blessed by that. So. Hats off to uh, Chuck Grassley and Mitch McConnell for moving quickly uh, so that uh, America has done its part now and ratified the uh, USMCA. And all we have to do now is wait a few weeks, as I understand it, for Canada to complete their approval process. Mexico is all finished. So we can pivot right there and let's pivot away from uh, impeachment because that's the big negative that's just – sitting like a wet blanket on, I believe, the uh, Wall Street even going bigger than what it has already. But you now have the USMCA. You have the first phase of the China deal. You have what we've done with South Korea. You have what we've done with Japan. You have what we've done with France. This president is going to go down in history as doing more with trade than any president in the history of America. Do you agree with that? I think there's no argument there. Last week was a historic week to have step one of the China deal uh, announced and signed after two painful years of work and then get USMCA through the Senate. These were these were big. Everything you just outlined is pro-growth in the United States, pro, uh, or I should say, complementary of America being the best place to live and work in the world, complementary to you'll never out-compete an American worker, inventor, entrepreneur, service employee, technology expert, if you have open markets and fair access to those markets. And what President Trump has done is make that a cornerstone not only what he campaigned on back in 16, but what he's what he's done as president. Many other things he's tackled. He's tackled religious freedom in an amazing way. He's tackled our border security down along the southwest border and made that a cornerstone. But if you boil down uh, what he's done on domestic economic policy, what's that? Regulatory rollback, regulatory reform, 
tax reform, first meaningful tax reform in 30 years, and then uh, trying to reset uh, global trade relations after a pretty status quo situation over the past 25 years, really. Yeah. It really, it's been status quo. We've made a few incremental hits uh, here and there, you know, along the way. But President Clinton struggled with China, and then President Bush and President Obama made some marginal changes. And so I don't know, hats off to this administration for how hard they worked on trade. I haven't agreed with every tactic, but he is getting his list done on trade. Yeah, and great things for uh, not only just America in general, but for Arkansas in particular. Yeah, because let's let's look first at uh, USMCA. Uh, why is it important? Uh, it's important because Canada and Mexico are the biggest locations for our trade in Arkansas, manufactured goods or agricultural commodities. And to have any uncertainty there, uh, any concerns about uh, keeping uh, a trade arrangement in place would have had devastating uh, impacts here. We have over 100,000 Arkansans working on that, and we all know that this opens up uh, various aspects of the market, uh, which will help Arkansas firms, help Arkansas as a location to put a business because we're close to uh, Mexico and we're right in the center of the country. So I view that as a, a, a growth engine for both the U.S. and for Arkansas. Uh, estimates range on economic activity, uh, couple hundred, maybe up to a couple hundred thousand jobs, new jobs in the U.S., I would say most of those related to Canada and Mexico will be in manufacturing. In the um, auto supply chain would be my instinct based on reading it. But there are dairy jobs that could be impacted and, and certainly others. And then China, after three – we've had three farm years. All of us in Arkansas know that we've had three tough weather years in farm farming. It's either been too wet <laughs> at planting time, yep, or it's been too wet at harvest time, and we've suffered um, the last three years as a result with flooding and different amounts of water on either end of the cycle, and we've had uncertainty on uh, commodity prices, and a big part of that uncertainty is China, and uh, by hanging in there, uh, President Trump has got a good deal on agriculture, energy, and manufacturing, and services. I think people talk about beans because that's what all the politicians are talking about. That's what um, um, seems to get all the headlines. Soybean, soybean, soybean. Well, let's but talk about you, rice. Yeah, it's good for rice uh, energy, exporting American energy. Yes. You know, our exporting of clean, liquefied natural gas, which has the lowest CO2 output, of fossil fuels and the lowest our gas is cleaner than say russian gas dramatically um so we are helping countries when we do that who has the biggest pollution and co2 problem in the world china so if we can export gas to them that's good for them it actually cut uh, the trade deficit last year between south korea and the u.s almost in half because of lng exports to asia it's amazing. It really, it, 
Remember when this president was elected? I I keep mentioning this. I talked to Senator Bozeman earlier uh, this week, and I said, remember when the president was elected and everybody said Wall Street was going to go in the tank, that our economy was swirling the toilet and on and on and on. And now look at where we are. It's incredible. Well, to me, the biggest change, uh, first of all, we have had faster economic growth than we had uh, the 10 years, uh, starting with the crisis years, obviously the last year and a half or so of President Bush and then all eight years of President uh, Obama. We've had faster growth. I know people are debating you know, how much faster, but it's been faster. But the two things that are even more important to that GDP output is higher productivity growth, more output per hour worked. That's gone up, which means the more people are working, people have been brought back into the workforce that were out of the workforce. Millions of people are off public assistance. And finally, and very importantly, real wages, wages after adjusted for inflation are up and growing robustly, and they're the best for those with less than a college degree and those at the lower end of the initial earning. And that's a great, that's such a great story. If you ask me, the president runs on that. He wins so big, it's going to be incredible come November. We'll talk further about this. Got to get a break in, uh, Congressman. Congressman French Hill is with us from District 2 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to continue talking with him for just a few moments more right after this break here on 101.1 FM, the answer home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. All right, back with you. Let's finish up with uh, Congressman French Hill here from uh, the 2nd District. He calls in once a week. Typically, it's on Wednesday. Today, it's on Friday. He had business he had to take care of on Wednesday. Let's talk about a little bit about Iran, if you don't mind, uh, Congressman. Over the week, uh, in the debate on Tuesday, we had Biden saying Obama's platform on Iran, the deal that he and Kerry came up with, uh, was working fantastically. And uh, Senator Warren basically said, uh, I will pass a law saying that America will have no first strike capability. And she also said that uh, she'd like to move to where we do not need nuke weapons. Are these people living in a fairy tale? Are they taking acid? What is going on? None of what they're saying is true. Well, yeah, let's take those, let's break those down. Uh, first of all, the vi- former vice president uh, knows that that's not correct. Uh, Iran, his deal, the president, President Obama's deal, negotiated by John Kerry, supported by Vice President Biden, even though it was a multilateral effort, and even though those countries supported it, was filled with Swiss cheese. And what no one's mentioning on that uh, debate stage is that it's already expired. This deal is expiring. There was yeah. only a three-year window on this non-uranium uh, enrichment piece and some of the commitments that Iran made. And this was one of my key flaws. I'd be happy to send you the talk I gave about this back in 2015 and put it on your Facebook page. No delivery technology prohibition in the agreement, meaning and Soleimani took the money released by those uh, JCPO members and bought ballistic missiles from Russia, those that were launched into Iraq last week. 
second point, no uh, limitation on research to any extent. As I say, the enrichment prohibitions were only very short term. The breakout was delayed not for some decade, not for 15 years, but just for a few months. And these were some of the key flaws in the agreement. Second, uh, the next set of flaws, uh, inspections. You can't have a nuclear arrangement. You can't have any verification in any kind of a uh, uh, arms control arrangement if you don't have vigorous independent inspection. Mm -hmm. And that was weak in this agreement and not fully verified uh, as to what the Iranians were doing or not doing. So I would argue they weren't fully in compliance with the agreement during the period of time. Yes, President Trump wanted to pull out of the agreement because he believes that we have to deal with the ballistic missile threat. We have to prohibit the development of a nuclear weapon and get them to concur with that, not just delay it, stop it. Uh, And finally, that we uh, address their uh, role in terrorism in the region. These are complicated issues. They take time. They probably all can't be dealt with. But those were some of the failings of the agreement. Uh, And uh, the maximum pressure campaign the president's proposed is, I think, the right approach to bring them back to the table. All right. How about Elizabeth Warren? I mean, come on. Well, this has been adjudicated. You know, I think President Reagan, uh, during the height of the nuclear freeze movement, say 1979 to 1985, 86, President Reagan, I believe, firmly uh through the way he conducted himself and the policies of George Shultz, our Secretary of the State at the time, and President Reagan, proved that that is a failed strategy as it relates to uh, reducing nuclear risk, nuclear proliferation, and arms control. Uh, we got good arms control work between Gorbachev and Reagan and Star Wars, which was derided at the time as an absolute joke and that President Reagan was crazy was an absolute kingpin in that in terms of giving America leverage to reduce uh, nuclear weapons. This is a key area, and while Elizabeth Warren doesn't know anything about it, I do believe the United States and Europe, particularly uh, Germany, the United Kingdom, and France, uh, can work to have a new new arrangement uh, on uh, intermediate distance nuclear weapons and particularly strategic weapons. Uh, potentially. But this time, Dave, and it's tougher. I mean, let's think about this. This is where you have to engage China. Yeah. Uh, Normally, we have grown up, you and I, our lives have been 100% centered on a nuclear first strike threat, potentially from the Soviet Union and then Russia. That's correct. And and I, I mean, I would argue that while that is still a potential, that rogue actors like Iran, which is why the president's right about his position there, North Korea, that's why the president's right about his position there, and now potentially strategically China have to be engaged on this topic. Not easy to do, but we have the right people in place that know how to do it. But a nuclear freeze is not a strategy. I, that is a talking, that's a talking point. I agree with you. Congressman, we're out of time. I want you to have a great weekend, all right? Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week and all the best. All right. Thank you very much. That's Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He does that every week.
with us a half hour. We talk about the big issues that are going on, and you get to hear from him firsthand, as the old saying goes, from the horse's mouth. And uh, we're going to work hard at getting the senators involved with this more often as well, as well as Congressman Westerman. I'd like to get uh, these folks all going where we hear from all of them, if not weekly, at least monthly, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Big news coming up next week that we'll bring to you. Uh, Gives you something to think about. Coming up in the next hour, though, uh, we're going to have... uh, 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 Mike Rupert is going to join with us. He is a uh, a trainer, uh, athletic trainer, and he's very good on talking about getting back into your workouts after you've been injured. I want to talk to him about that. As you know, I, for almost six months now, I've been dealing with this thing with my foot. I haven't been able to, to lift because I had a pick in my arm and all kinds of stuff. I want to talk to him about how do you go about restarting what you were doing and you were really getting at it. I had bought extra weights and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk to him about how you can make that happen. And in the final hour, you're going to hear from uh, Robert Steinbach, Chris Corbett, and I've got some interesting audio from the big debate between the folks up in Jonesboro, Cooper and Sullivan. That's all coming your way. Stick around. we got a lot of interesting things for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 1011 FM, the answer, home of Rush Limbaugh. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 